Do we have any fans of the hit TV show Shark Tank in the house? What, what? If so, you're going to be as excited as we are today. We've got the pleasure of welcoming one of the original sharks to the show. Kevin Harrington has gone down the crypto rabbit hole, and he's an advisor on a number of blockchain projects. Listen, as the pioneer of the television infomercial and an entrepreneur who's launched more than $5 billion in products, you're going to want to lean in and listen closely as Kevin shares his thoughts. We've also selected winners from the Republic of Bad Cryptopia to get a copy of Paul Democritus' new book, The Crypto Factor, and we've got the voicemails to prove it because several of you called in to enter and told us why you thought crypto would succeed. We're about to make you superstars. It's more fun than a bucket of chum, but not quite as much fun as a bucket of chicken. It's episode number 259 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hello to all the sharks and minnows and fish and aquatic creatures of all shapes and sizes. We are not aquatists here. It's the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Com. He's Travis Wright. And today we've got a shark with us. That's true. It's very exciting. Uh, but if you do have a bucket filled with chum around a bunch of sharks, that's not good because chum is a bucket uh, filled with fishing bait. For your that, seafaring adventures. Right. That's right. I, and I don't know if the fish like KFC, so I'm not sure if they'd go for a bucket of chicken. It wouldn't be healthy for them. I mean, it's not healthy for us. Right. Well, I don't know if the bucket of chum is all that wonderful because it's a bucket of rotten fish that smells pretty bad. So yeah. I don't know. It's very maybe, chumly. Very, yeah. very, very, very chumish. Uh, who do we have a shout out for today, Mr. Hey, Trump, right? chumly. What is that? That sounds like chumly. That was like from some old cartoon back in the day. Yeah, it was Tennessee Tuxedo Will Not Fail. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I recall that. The Underdog series. No. Well, Tennessee well, Tuxedo and Chumley. Yeah, Chumley was the walrus. Yeah, yeah. I think it's by the same people. You guys who didn't grow up with Saturday morning TV, like if you've grown up, um, you know, as a millennial or Gen Z, then you didn't have just Saturday morning cartoons. You have 24-7 cartoons. You didn't know the experience of, you know, getting your bowls of cereal and your footy PJs and, and watching Saturday morning cartoons or watching them after school because you get them whenever you want them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tennessee Tuxedo. I remember him. Great stuff. Yeah, uh, that I tell was, you what, that was that was Don Adams. Do you remember? Was he? Oh, very that, nice. Uh, from Get Smart was Tennessee Tuxedo. Of course, I'm, we're cool. totally dating ourselves here. And for those of you that don't know, I'm going to go to YouTube and uh, drop a link so you can experience the glory of Tennessee Tuxedo uh, by going to our show notes at badco.in forward slash two five nine. Well, I tell you what, that actually, the TV series was 63 to 66, which is even way before my day, but I just remember seeing it in reruns, and that has nothing to do with Shark Tank or with our wonderful guest today. No, we just got into the whole aquatic vibe there. That was great. A little, little banter for you. A little Solid. banter, not even very witty, but informative and a walk down uh, memory lane. But we do have a great interview with Kevin Harrington we're about to share with you. And then afterwards, we're going to listen to some of the voicemails from you, our listeners, because you guys called in and told us why you believe crypto will succeed. And uh, we're going to be giving away some free books. 
Mm-hmm. But before we do that, we'd like to remind you about Bad Crypto Live. If you'd like to have Travis and Joel show up at your event and do a live Bad Crypto, we can do that. If you'd like us to come to your corporation and do a crypto workshop around blockchain and crypto, we can do that as well. If you'd like to see us, we can come to you. So uh, keep that in mind. You can message us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com, and we can do Bad Crypto Live in your neighborhood. Yeah, but if you want us to come in, you know, create a uh, five course meal for you we can't do that who are the people in your neighborhood well that particular day it would be joel and travis would be in your neighborhood pretty much that's very good okay it's kevin harrington let's do it all right i know it's hokey but we have an original shark in the house ladies and gentlemen Mr. Kevin Harrington. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? I'm fantastic, Joel. Thanks for having me today. Going to be some Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Looking forward. We to are going to we're going to have some crypto good times. You've been a successful entrepreneur for more than forty years. You're a co-founding board member of Entrepreneurs Organization (EO), co-founder of the Electronic Retailing Association. You're also the inventor of the infomercial, a best-selling author, an international keynote speaker, and you've launched more than five hundred products, generating more than five billion dollars in sales. And you understand the cryptos, so we're excited to talk to you today. Fantastic. Well, great to be here. And thanks for uh, all that background. And and on the crypto side, yeah, let's let's hope we can uh, I can, you know, share some stuff. Um, I I don't say that I'm a crypto expert, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys are doing in the world and what's what's going on from your perspective also. Well, we're not crypto experts either, are we, Trav? That's true. And I, I, I'm excited to chat with you. It's Don LaPree from his tiny little one-bedroom apartment. Oh, wait, no, that's not the infomercial guy. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Don. Jeez, yeah. yeah. We had a a, a, a a bad ending, unfortunately. <laughs> did. Yeah. Placing yeah. tiny little ads in my one bedroom apartment. Like yeah. I, I, thought he, I thought he was like or, or Ron Popeil. So so you're the originator of the infomercial. Like you know, give some background on that because that's completely fascinating. Because that just took the world by storm. When was the first infomercial? So so it you know the, the and there's a, it's important to understand there is a difference between what's called like a short form commercial, like a 60 second, or as Ron Popeil was doing the slicer and dicer thing back, he was doing 60 second and and short form spots before I did, before I came up with the infomercial. What the infomercial was, I was sitting watching my cable TV back in the early 80s. I had just gotten a 30-channel package, and I went through all the channels, and I'm, I'm like, wow, 24 hours of ESPN Sports, music, MTV, and movies, HBO. I get to Discovery Channel. There was nothing on but colored bars. And so I called the cable company, and, and I told them, I said, I'm not getting anything on this Discovery Channel. I paid for 30 channels. I'm only getting 29. They said, it's, it's only an 18-hour-a-day network, Discovery, and six hours a day is nothing. And so I went down, met with them and cut a deal to start filling that airtime with products. But I'm not going to do one minute spots. I'm doing 30 minute shows. I've got six hours to fill. So I'm bringing people on, people that were at the at the home shows and the fairs, the Billy Mays, the Arnold Morris's, the Ginsu guy, the, you know, and we're, we're doing these 30 minute 
long TV shows and pitching and selling. And that was 1984 when I did that. That So that was considered the birth of, we'll call them modern day infomercials because it, back in the 50s, they had some some guys that were, you know, like uh, would get on there and, and try to sell stuff, but a little bit different kind of situation. In the modern day infomercial, it all began in the early 80s. And and that's when Billy Mays and Anthony Sullivan and Tony Little and Jack LaLanne, we, we did the Jack LaLanne juicer, the Tony Little gazelle. You, you know, you can't sell a $600 piece of fitness equipment in 60 seconds. It's tough. You could do a lead generation maybe, but you know, it when Tony Little gets on there and spends 30 minutes pitching that, it's it's you people are grabbing their credit card and buying. So you can yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was that was the fun of it and so I just used to go to trade shows. You know, I I used to do about 30 trade shows a year. The houseware show, the hardware show, the fitness show, the beauty show, golf show. I'm at the golf show and Davis Love is showing me this hinged golf club. And I said, what, what's the purpose of that? He says, it's hinged because if you don't swing properly, the hinge flops, you can't complete your swing. And I, and I said, what do you call it? He said, it's called the Medicus. And we shook hands. I did the infomercial. It did $250 million in sales. Mm, and wow. that was the first ever golf infomercial. And again, we, we would, we, we, took you on an entertainment experience and 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 played some golf and talked to some guys that took 10 strokes off their game, got some testimonials, brought in Al Guyberger, all these crazy fun things started happening. And then people want to buy the Medicus Golf Club. And so, you know, the, the infomercial is a mix. You can't entertain too much, but it's it's kind of a mix of you know, a little bit of educating, entertaining, but a lot of selling. And that's what you couldn't do in a 60 second spot. You had a lot of success in, in that arena. And of course, all that led to you being one of the original shark investors on Shark Tank. And I know you've got a limited yeah. time today. So let's go ahead and jump down the crypto rabbit hole that, because there's got to be a lot of similarities as a futurist, which you are. You you have a tendency to see the next big thing. What first you know rang your bell about cryptocurrency? I, I went to a mastermind uh, outside of the country. It was in, um, I'll remember where we were, somewhere in the Caribbean, about five years ago. And Bitcoin was trading at about $300. And everybody there was saying, load up on it. This thing is going to go. You're going to see this explosion. And it won't just be Bitcoin. There'll be other coins and so I left that conference really fired up about crypto and Bitcoin and all the things that were going to be happening. And then that then the next 10 days, I always like to just let me just see what happens here with with Bitcoin. It went from 300 to um, to like 180. And I'm like, wow, if I had invested a million dollars, I would have just lost, you know, 40 percent of my money. And and so I said, let me just, you know, keep looking for a while before I jump in all, all, you know, all in, you know, and, and then shortly thereafter, the doggone thing was up to a thousand. And, and I'm like, oh, I should have got in at 300. Right. And so I, we started dabbling my son and I, um, I have a 30 year old son. He's been in the business with me now for, for nine years. He graduated Penn state 
and and had a great education. He's a business guy. He handles operations and legal and stuff. And we, we got some lawyers too. But make a long story short, the, the millennials really were tuning into this. And then a buddy of mine used to work for me. He called and said, hey, I just bought 20 of these mining machines. Um, it, it just unbelievable stuff was was starting to happen. And so we, we all of a sudden it's a thousand, then it's three thousand, then it's five thousand. And I love I love seeing the excitement there. And then the underlying, you know, uh, software, the blockchain business also was coming along where, hey, Bitcoin is Bitcoin, but there's also blockchain and blockchain there, you know, banks and fulfillment companies and, and companies all over the world we're embracing the financial industry. We're embracing the whole world of blockchain also. So yeah, we, we jumped in, made a little bit of money, um, gave some back as it dropped back down again. And I, I got real nervous when it was up at that $15,000 range because I just said, it, you know, it, is, is this a bubble that will burst? But, you know, it's, 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 it seems to still have some, some uh, power in the marketplace. Um, um, where is it around 4,000 right now? Bitcoin, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So what 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 are you, what are you hearing from the, the the Bitcoin gurus that are out there? Oh, he's spending the interview on us, Travis. Yeah, that's true. It depends on which crypto guru you're talking to. Some people yeah. are like, "Oh, we haven't found the bottom yet." Some people are like, "Oh, once we pass forty three hundred, we break through that resistance, and then we're heading to sixty five hundred, and then then we're going." And so it's really. You don't know. It's like you think you know, and you're like, oh, here it is. And then it does the opposite. Like, it's interesting if you are, you know, a stock trader, there's some similarities because it's all based on emotion. But I don't know. And I would like to ask you this. It's like, I don't know that the stock markets can be as easily manipulated as crypto markets at times because, you know, we're, we've had somebody on the other day chatting about the exchanges and how exchange, there's a vast, you know, percentage of these exchanges that, a lot of the volume on those exchanges is just completely fictitious. And, you know, and so they're, they're kind of guiding the market with, Oh, this little trade does this and this. And they kind of, you know, so it's like, I look at it sometimes and I go, wow, wow, look at the emotion. Everybody's excited about crypto. And then I go, wow, well, how much is it? The whales that are moving the, the tokens around, because it's hard to say what percentage of the crypto markets are legit and which ones are being kind of manipulated. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I, and, and I think that, um, you know, it, there was, there's been, um, lots of, uh, it seems to be a much more stable situation right now. I think obviously it, it had a, a, a nice, uh, a nice rise and yeah, we were, you know, I was still a little conservative along the way I mean, in the stock market. Sometimes, you know, I go crazy and I'll win or lose a, a lot. It, in crypto, it was it was reasonably um, conservative, but we definitely had made a ton of money along the way. Mm-hmm. As as I mean, if you got in it at three thousand and watched it go from there, it you know you just I, I've always had the philosophy that when something goes up, you always sell a piece of it and to cover back your initial investment, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've seen stocks go from a dollar to eighteen dollars a share. And back to a dollar, okay, and 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 you know, and there's people buying in at eighteen dollars a share. So um, you know, it's it so it in a conservative way. If you buy at three thousand and it goes to six, don't sell it all. Sell ten or twenty percent of it 
Now you're covering back your initial investment. At some point, you're playing with the, the, the market's money or your profits. And, you know, your profits will, you know, they'll, they'll either grow or shrink, but, you know, you, you've, you've played conservatively. And so um, that's, that's always been my investment philosophy. Yeah. It was such a trip. Like on, on Sunday, January 7th, 2018, that was when the market cap hit its all-time high. Some charts as high as $840 billion. Uh, right here it says about 830 billion 30 days later on this on the 6th of february we were looking at 282 billion so that thing lost 500 plus billion dollars in 30 days so if you were not quick on the draw to get out like yeah you got that feeling oh it's 15 grand is it the bubble should i get out or should i not get out if you waited too long the bottom fell out and that happened to a whole lot of people. And we're like, okay, let's wait for the rebound. And the rebound was just a little blip and then down even farther. So it's, it's so hard to, hard to manage this thing sometimes. Um, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this then. So we don't have a whole lot of time to you. Um, what is, how do you describe blockchain, right? Because we talk to a lot of people. We talk to a lot of really smart people. And, they, and they're using all these technical terms. And, and you're a really smart guy. You're an investor. How do you dumb it down to people and, and explain what blockchain is? So I say that, that blockchain is a way to, and I explain it like in, in the world of, you know, I understand some of the grocery guys are using blockchain to mark and track each, you know, broccoli stock. Okay. And, you know, so that when it's all said and done through the supply chain, there's, you, you, you can track everything through every step of the way. And so I got involved with a blockchain group. Uh, called Chip Chain, and there I've I've done fulfillment of products for so many years, you know, thirty five plus years, billions of dollars of product that I've fulfilled, and and you know a billion plus that I imported from Asia and China, and in the process, we we you know there's money going under the table to different people, things are late, somebody pushed it over this way. You, there was never any real accountability that we really needed. And so ChipChain is giving the accountability of, ev- of using the blockchain technology and the software to track every single movement of the product from leaving the factory to, to getting to the port, to leaving the port, to getting to the, 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 the port in, in the US, from there to there to there to there. And so, you know, th- these guys are now involved in in um, in some pretty big corporate projects and it's it, it this has nothing to do with bitcoin this is all using the software of blockchain to track everything and every step of the way and it becomes a fully accountable uh, process at, at, on on every single level it's a good way to describe it yeah you might recall now that i'll jog your memory is both travis and i are also advisors on that project and cool. have known brian evans for a while now and you know we're, we're kind of we're waiting for you know the bull to come to life again because we also believe in in that project and i like that as a as an example uh, so, you know, at a, at a broader scale, uh, we we asked our uh, mastermind group on Facebook, you know, what they'd want to know from you. And one person, you know, is looking at this market and going, OK, we have yet to hit mainstream adoption. And, you know, with the web browser, with the World Wide Web, it was Netscape that gave everybody access with an easy point and click browser. What do you think is going to be the Netscape aha moment that moves crypto into the mainstream? Uh, I think, well, 
I know that there's been at, at the high level, you know, the Goldman's and the Morgan Stanley's that have looked at, you know, doing um, more things with crypto. Um, I, I think, you know, having I, I know the, the Winklevoss uh, boys were were trying to set up an exchange. And I, I don't think that was was approved, was it? Well, they had the exchange, the Gemini exchange, but they're trying to do ETFs, which have not yet been approved by uh, the SEC for anybody. Right. So I think something like that, that the SEC approves and, and, and you know, gives it a, you know, a, a, a more, maybe a little bit more of a safety situation. I think it's going to take something like that. And, you know, I do remember that what, are they still trading futures on uh, Bitcoin? Well, I think isn't that uh, Travis? What the ETFs are all about is uh, is the futures trading. No, that was the futures with the what was like Comex and this the Chicago uh, exchange. Oh, that's yep. that's what that happened. That happened back in January of 2018, and shortly thereafter was when the crypto started crashing. Once once futures was actually brought into the play, then that's when we started seeing. Some of the some of the you know the price stuff going crazy, um, so that there is that that is there. I'm curious about this, and, and also Christian Gould. He also asked, wanted to know: Do you know if there's any of the other Shark Tank investors that are into crypto? I, I guess I guess Mark Cuban uh, was in one. Mark Cuban, I know that because I know they're they're I know. And by the way, Richard Branson has been a guest shark. Mm-hmm. He's he he's a big crypto fan. Cuban, I know was was in and and they're both in blockchain deals too. I don't remember the names of them but there was a there was an Inc magazine uh, article that uh, they they featured myself and Mark Cuban and Richard Branson in talking about, you know, our our thoughts on on blockchain crypto and they you know they both were uh, very very positive. So um I I don't know if I would imagine that O'Leary dabbled because he's a finance guy, but he also, you know, he has the O'Leary Fund, which is um, a big. He raised hundreds of millions of dollars, and you know, and so he's very accountable in in that situation. Especially if, if business is good, they love you. If business isn't so good, they won't, you know maybe they're checking to see all the things that you're investing in, and it wouldn't be good for him to be losing money in 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 a Bitcoin fashion with other people's money, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, but so I, I don't know that 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 he ever dabbled or not. But um, it, I, I see him on CNBC all the time. But I've never actually heard him talk about uh, crypto or blockchain. That's what makes him Mister Wonderful. And uh, and, and Ro- like Robert Herkovic, are you going to be uh, on Dancing with the Stars soon? I, you know, I have to know. <laughs> uh, I'll take that my, as a no. My wife, <laughs> my wife, she said, I don't want you doing all that. Crazy stuff. Um, They get way way too close on that show. Oh, my jealous. By the way, so Herchevik, by the way, I love Robert. He he married his girl from Dancing with the Stars. Oh, he did? I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Wow. Yeah, Kim Kim Johnson. So I went to the wedding last summer and, you know, said my wife and I went and, and she said, remember I told you that they got too close on that show well hey here's proof positive yeah, you're right, they got, little, got a little close on that show and now they got twins so um, you know they've had a, had a good run good for them they, they're doing they're doing well they're doing really well 
you're constantly traveling the world because you're always looking at projects. You get pitched every day, probably dozens of times. And and I wonder when you, you now you're hearing about crypto projects, right? And obviously you thought the ship chain deal was good enough that you were willing to spend some time in it. Are you approaching um, the crypto deals with the same mindset as you do, you know, traditional deals? Or is there some different elements in the mix when you're evaluating these projects? I mean, I, because the crypto side is is a little is a little riskier. I like to if if I get involved in in something, I want to make sure there's a good you know a, a large you know upside. Um, and and so um, if, you know because it's it, it's it, there's so many deals. I mean, I, I've I've invested in over 500 deals over the last number of years, and Three hundred and fifty of them, I, I cleaned my clock. Okay, lost on them, right? But the other one hundred and fifty had large upsides, and the, some of these things, a couple of them went on to do a billion dollars a piece. And so, if I can invest a quarter million dollars up front, which is what I do in my world of of products, and it can end up becoming hundreds of millions of dollars. Now that's sales. That's not cash in the bank, but you know, certainly, you know, uh, millions and tens of millions of dollars in in profits on the, on on you know hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. That's you know, we get a little spoiled coming from that world. But yet we have to always remember, hey, for the one that we made twenty million on, we had ten that cost us three or four million that we lost on too, right? So you you know. And you're running the overhead and all the salaries and all the people and all of that at the same time. So, you know, it's, it, I like to look at something that's got a, um, uh, you know, a good upside due to the risk nature. Well, I, I got to tell you, that's one hell of a track record, though, because statistically, you know, I've worked in Silicon Valley. I know the statistics of startups. One out of uh, one out of every ten are successful. So 90 percent are dying. You're hitting at a 30 percent ratio over here. So that's really good. Not too shabby. Well, you know, it, 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 this is the thing. Anymore today, we we don't take something on um, until we do. We call it the test before we invest. And so I like to, I in the old days, we'd see a product. We didn't really have the same kind of access to the, all this, you know, focus groups on the internet and Facebook ads mm-hmm. for, you know, $25. And um, and, and, you know, Instagram. And so now we get a product. I can, I can take 10 grand and build a funnel, shoot a, a cheap little video and buy, you know, some media and see if I've got life in the product. If, if I don't have life after I do that, you know, that little test, and I don't mean, I don't have to be making money, but I got to see that there's great response. There's a good reaction. It's almost like a crowdfunding mm-hmm. type of thing, right? People, they, you know, they, they get involved in crowdfunding because they think, oh, put it out there. Let's see what the people say. So it's, we, we, and we've done crowdfunding also, but crowdfunding is a little more involved because you got to do a lot of marketing on crowdfunding to get people. You can't just spend five grand on crowdfunding. You got to drive people to your crowdfunding site, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I love today's marketplace. The digital space is, has been really good to us because we have the ability to do some quick, down and dirty, inexpensive testing. And that's what I call the test before we invest. So 
you know, one of the items that, that we ran with 18 months ago, a guy walked to my office with this little eyeglass cleaner called Peeps. And I, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a double, imagine a tweezers, but think on the ends where the tweezers would generally meet. Those would be carbon pads that you would put around your glasses and you clean both sides of your glasses simultaneously, right? We, we did a, a $5,000 test on Facebook generated $25,000 in sales. And, and with, with a total investment between the funnel and everything, 10 grand, boom, we said, we got a winner here. Well, we've done, we sold 2.7 million of these fake, these little peeps products. Um, and it's, it's crushing it. And it has been for the last 18 months. We're now in Walmart, Target, Sunglass Hut, et cetera. So, you know, it's, it, this was a test before we invest. If it doesn't test well, you know, go on to the next one because we there's five more people begging us to do something. You know, like you said, I probably get close to um, maybe as many as a thousand a month wow. um, pitches. Yeah, mm. and you know, so some some of them are business plans. Some you know, we also I don't know if you've have you seen my the venture called Pitch Investors Live, where we take pitches live. On, it's like a shark tank on, on your iPhone. Hmm. You get, you, you, there's hundreds of investors and then there's, there's thousands of people looking to pitch. And so you go on the site and an investor says, okay, I want to take this pitch from this guy. And then they match up on the internet. Their faces are side by side, like CNN. They're pitching, talking, and it's open to the internet, all the listeners of the entire thing. So the investor may not invest, but somebody listening, we now have shown some of the listeners are investing. So it, it's a really powerful um, new way to kind of get the, you know, because I do travel a lot. Maybe someday I don't have to travel so much and I can just do pitch investors yeah. live. That, okay. that test to invest <laughs> is great. I mean, literally, you've gone from infomercials to instamercials. Which are pretty nice because you're. Hey, I like you're it. able to. That's pretty. You're good. able to take those literally thirty se- 15 second commercials now. Like what? What all can you cram into fifteen? Because our our attention span is is so small now, right? I do want to hit on one other yeah. thing before we before we before we finish this, if we can. Um, so you know what, what we're seeing here is we're seeing an evolution when it comes to crowdfunding within the crypto world, right? So the ICO thing was just a huge craze and. 19 or 2017, 2018, early part of it. So many different companies were doing it, right? Well, now we're starting to see this, the STO, the security token offering, which is sort of becoming like a merger between stocks and crypto. Is that something that you've seen as well? I mean, maybe what is your um, your thoughts around the, the STO? Well, um, I'm not totally familiar with it, but is is that is that a an SEC approved? Yeah, it'll be more process? of the SEC sort of approved kind of a thing where it's kind of, kind of like imagine this. I sort of imagine it like this is like if you had you know invested instead of buying that Apple computer back in 1997, instead you had spent that money on stocks, right? And then over time, so so every time you like buy products, you actually are not only helping the company. Right, supporting the company, but you get these little tokens back. And if the company becomes a trillion dollar company down the road, like if you were an early adopter of Amazon, right, you know, yeah. and then you get these reward, you know, reward loyalty token type things. That's not technically an STO, but it, it sort of ties in company success with your token. And I think we're going to start seeing more and more of those as we become mature. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's 
it, it, it anything that it can create customer loyalty and 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 as long you know the key thing it's got to be legal and if it's legal and it creates customer loyalty and um, and there's a way to market it then it's it's good um, so yeah I mean I I think um, I'd, I'd love to see I I actually did take a look at a, a, a group of um, doctors. And um, they are uh, radiologists at UCLA. Um, they created and a, it's a very similar thing where people can can buy like a token to be able to uh, to get an analysis. And these are doctors that are getting analysis of photos that they can send in and, and go up against a million other photos, kind of thing. And so this because they the, at one point they were trying to do an ICO. They didn't have a, a legal uh, opinion on that. So they went more to this token kind of method. And I think I, it, it, if, if, and I'm, and we're just making sure now that the legals check out on it. If they do, I think this is a great way uh, for, for people to build, uh, build some capital as well as, you know, ongoing, uh, you know, loyalty to the company. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think yeah, it's, I mean, great. Apple's sitting with, like, how do you know how many hundred billions of dollars that Apple has just sitting in the bank, right? If all the loyal customers of Apple over the year had earned dividends based on their crypto tokens that they own, like that would be, that would be nice, but it doesn't work like that yet, yeah. but the world is changing. So this is good stuff. And, and Facebook's got something they're, they're working mm-hmm. on, right? Yeah. Do you, do you have any, do you have any heads up on what's going on there? Well, just what's public out there that they're definitely working on some sort of coin. It could be a stable coin, but it could be that entry point for, you know, the masses to start playing around with uh, crypto. Well, Kevin, we really appreciate you spending your time uh, here with us. We know you're a busy guy. You're on a plane to Singapore and then India and who knows. It's like playing where in the world is uh, Carmen San Diego? only it's Kevin Harrington instead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hey, it was great being here. And Travis, thank you, guys. It's it's always a lot of fun hanging out. Right on. Thanks thank for you. having me today. You know, Trav, I met Kevin a few years ago at a Marketing Mayhem conference where he and I both keynoted, and he's always just been super kind, super helpful. I mean, the guy is majorly successful, responsible for billions of dollars in product sales, is down to earth as one would hope. That is so true. Very nice to chat with him. Very exciting about that. And uh, at the end of the show, we told him a little bit about badcoin.net, which is going to be coming out here shortly. Just keep in mind, everyone, badcoin.net, if you are not signed up for that, you're not going to know the exact day that it launches. And other people will, and they're going to start mining before you, and you need to have this fear of missing out thing going on. It's going to be horrible for you. So you make sure you just go to badcoin.net and uh, and get signed up for that. No horrible experiences for you. Yeah, that's so true. Just really enjoyed chatting with with, uh, Kevin. What a cool guy. Yep, super cool. And this is also cool. Back in episode 246, we had the opportunity to interview the author, Paul Democritu, uh, badco.in forward slash 246. And we talked about uh, him interviewing Andreas Antonopoulos and Roger Veer and a lot of, uh, you know, John McAfee and these other people in the crypto space for his book, The Crypto Factor. And we invited you, the citizens of the Republic, to call into the Bad Crypto Hotline and tell us why you thought crypto was going to succeed. And so we've selected a few of those, and we're going to listen to what you had to say now. Hi, my name's Tony. I'm calling from Vail, Colorado, and I'm calling in response to the podcast of the book that you're giving away and why crypto is going to succeed. And pretty simple, 
It is a sound money and it, it is a hard money, which is verifiably scarce, and it is money based on math. So it's just a matter of time, not a matter of if it's going to succeed, just when and how. And Bitcoin Core is going to be the standard, the gold standard for all other cryptos. Hey, my name is Blah Blah Blah. My friends call me Dave. I'm calling from I-75 in, uh, in Florida. Look, I think that crypto is going to succeed because it has to. I think that we, as as a species, are coming up against a huge wall in the road of progress, and we need things like blockchain um, to propel us forward. We cannot continue with with the political boundaries and with the obstacles, the, the momentum slowing down, and we need to be able to scale up. And we can't scale up what we're doing and the trajectory that we're on without blockchain. And so it's it's got to work. And if it doesn't, there's nothing like it that can take its place that will allow us to continue to grow and to expand as a species. So it's got to work. It just has to. Thanks. <laughs> All right, let me try this again. My name is uh, Jody Ingram, and I'm from Kirkland, Washington. So I believe crypto will succeed because back in the day when email took over what we were doing to mail, I saw that happen then, and now you don't have as many people sending letters. Obviously, they're sending emails. Then I saw Napster take over what happened with the music industry. Then we saw it again with the newspapers, and I believe that the crypto industry right now is doing it too our banking industry. That's why I think crypto will succeed. Hey, guys, this is Brian Richards calling from Marshfield, Massachusetts, and I believe crypto will be great in the future due to the fact that we're, we need to have a new currency, global, uh, not individual states, not individual countries, not for individual people, but for globally. And it would be much easier to transact on a global basis than it would be to transact on an individual country or continent basis, for that matter. Hey, Joel. Hey, Travis. It's Jordan from Kamloops, BC. I think crypto will succeed because more people are joining the space and realizing that the governments suck and we're all slaves to the government. Have a great day. Bye. Well, congratulations to those five and five others that we'll be reaching out to. And Paul Democritu is going to be getting your address and sending you a copy of The Crypto Factor. Yes, actually, he had just interviewed me a couple of days ago, had a great conversation with him. He is in Athens, uh, Greece. And um, by the time this thing goes live, I will have had a chance to hang out with him in Athens, which will be fun. Of course, it's going to be fun because wherever we go, Mr. Travis Wright, we have fun. You know why? Because I'm my very best friend. I know that if I'm with me, I'm going to have a good time. Well, as always, we'd love to hear from you guys. Give us a call on the Bad Crypto Hotline and tell us what you think. Ask us your questions. Pay us compliments because our egos need a boost every now and then. The phone number is 708-885-9030. Once again, because I know you're writing this down on your hand right now. Grab that Sharpie, 708-885-9030. Do it. Coming up on the next episode, Caitlin Long, and we'll be talking about crypto legislation that is moving forward in the great state of Wyoming and the impact that that might have on other states. You're not going to want to miss it. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we're going to have Victor Radchenko on. We're going to be talking about the trust wallet with Binance. And in episode 262, we will be doing the live blockchain week uh, from Paris live show. 
which will be great. It so will. we had a great time there, which is actually where we are right now. We are in Paris at this very minute that this goes live. Yeah. I mean, so we're actually, good. you're in Kansas City. I'm in Denver. But through the miracle of pre-recording, we are in Paris right now having croissants. <laughs> and you cannot tell us any different. That's right. Don't That's even right. try. But if you're going to do something, do this. Restez mauvais. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.